Well, last time I spoke on Isaiah chapter 40, and I want to do the same thing again today. It's my favorite passage. In fact, today I'm going to read to you from a version I haven't read in for years, haven't read from for years, at least in church. It's the original King James. I don't use the new King James very often, but I certainly don't use the original King James, but I just like it. It'll have the these and thous and so forth. But Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says this, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That's Isaiah's way of saying, come on, people, haven't you people heard what's going on? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. <laughs> I know we criticize those old uh, Shakespearean English words like hast and increaseth, but it's sure pretty, isn't it? Goes on to say this, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. And then I have this verse memorized in the King James, Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's talk about that today. Let's break down that verse. I've called today's message, Wrap and Exchange. The holidays are now upon us. And when I say wrap and exchange, it fits in with the holiday season, but it kind of doesn't seem to make sense. Well, normally, wouldn't someone unwrap a present and then decide, I need to exchange it? <laughs> it could be, oh, I love this shirt, but it's the wrong size. Oh, don't worry, I'll go exchange it. Or maybe it's the wrong color. You want to exchange it. You don't want to tell the one that gives it to you, but sometimes you're like, ah, I can't even use that. So... You know, I'm, I'm going to go exchange that. <laughs> there have been times, especially when I was younger, I go, I like that gift, but Marguerite and I, we need some money right now. So we would actually exchange something, turn it in, just to get a little bit of money. And I know sometimes you want to appreciate what people give you. There are times uh, when people give you gifts that you don't like, and they say it's the thought that counts. So I appreciate the thought but don't particularly like the gift. In other words, normally we unwrap and then we consider exchanging. But I want you to remember this today, not unwrap and exchange, but wrap and exchange. Do you mind if I break down this Bible verse for you, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31? The very first word that I want to talk about today is that word wait. They that wait upon the Lord. What does waiting mean? Well, let me make clear, first of all, what waiting does not mean. Waiting does not mean in the Bible that you just stand in a long line and wait for your turn. <laughs> if you're like most people, certainly like me, I can't stand lines. One of the reasons I haven't been to Disneyland, please don't <laughs> hang me as a heretic. I have literally not been to Disneyland in decades. One of the reasons why is that 
I just don't like lines. I don't care how good the ride is, unless this ride's gonna be 20 or 30 minutes as opposed to two or three minutes. I'm not waiting in line 10 minutes, much less an hour. Uh, back in the days when we used to have to go to banks, remember those days, people? <laughs> Nowadays, you most of the time don't even need to go into a bank. If I walked into a bank and the line was long, unless it was urgent, Ah, I'm going to come back another time. And that kind of wait, you know, the waiting, you're always checking out your watch, looking around. That's not what this verse means. It's not that kind. Nor does this verse mean you just, you know, kind of put your leg up, kick back, go like this. And hey, what are you doing, bro? I'm just waiting for God to do something. Until God speaks to me, until God delivers me, I'm just going to hang out right here and, you know, pick my nose, watch TV, Maybe you read the newspaper or nowadays, you know, read my smart device. No, no, that is not what the Bible here means. Waiting in the Bible is not passive. When it says to wait upon the Lord, it's not passive, it's active. Let me say that again. It's not passive waiting, it's active waiting. Uh, today, when we go to restaurants, most of the time, waiters now are called servers. In fact, there I did. I just used that word. Back in the day, they were always called waiters or waitresses because there's a connection, even in English, between waiting and serving. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, the waiter doesn't just hang back, you know, sit in his or her easy chair waiting for you to whistle at him and call him over. No, a good waiter or a waitress, or nowadays a good server, is going to come and find out, hi, my name is Jim. I, I will be your server today. What can I do for you? Would you like any water? I love that because that's a lot what the uh, Hebrew word for wait means. So again, it's not passive waiting, kicking back, doing nothing. It is actively serving. Now, the Hebrew word for wait literally has a lot to do with entwining. Uh, think about cords in a rope. Yeah, remember the old school ropes used to have years ago that you could just tell were a bunch of different uh, cords that had been twisted and entwined together? Movies, I've seen movies where guys hanging on for dear life and all of a sudden you start to see the cord start to break snap there goes one cord there goes a thread of the next cord and the music starts to play really loud and you're just hoping that the rope hangs on there well actually the hebrew word for wait has the idea of those cords being twisted around another cord this is a beautiful picture a beautiful image because when we are waiting for the lord what we are really doing we are wrapping ourselves we're actively serving him. We're not doing nothing. We're not just kicking back passively, waiting for God to smack us up the side of the head or our spouse to kick us out of the seat. No, no, we're doing our best to do what we can do. We're waiting for God, but in the meantime, we're gonna you know, love him, serve him, help others, do what we can. We're gonna wrap ourselves around him. It's, it's very similar. Um, I would say to the New Testament verse, I think I'm thinking right now, I think it's in James, when James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Let me say, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's kind of what waiting is. Waiting is kind of drawing near to God. There are times I get really frustrated in my house because even though I've had the people that installed our Wi-Fi system, I've told them, I wanna make sure this room has coverage. I wanna make sure that room has coverage. And we've had several 
I don't know, I know what they're called. I'm not a tech guy, but this is there and that's there and all this. So they say, yeah, every room's covered. But sure enough, in a few days, once they leave, I'll go into a certain room and I'm just searching, you know, my, my, my searching for the Wi-Fi coverage. And unfortunately, where I live, I don't have good cell coverage or good. So if the Wi-Fi's down, I don't have any coverage at all at my house. So literally, I'm having to draw near, have to go back into a part of my house that I know gets good Wi-Fi coverage so I can make connection. That's a little bit what it's like when you're waiting on the Lord. You're not kicking back, not doing anything, you're drawing near to him to make sure that you have coverage. I love in the book of Chronicles when the Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord, kind of like Wi-Fi out there, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. One thing I miss having all my grandkids pretty much big now, my youngest grandkid is now a teenager. So I've gone through the decades of kids and grandkids. I miss the little ones. I love, I love every age. I wouldn't change a thing. But I do miss when the kids were little and you're holding your kid or your grandkid and they get scared and oh man, they just put their arms around you and they squeeze you so tight. They wrap themselves around you. Can you imagine? Oh, think what that did to my heart. That, I still remember that. I still love that. If we could just give God a hug like that, if we could wait upon him like that, if we could entwine and wrap ourselves around him like that, whoo, who knows what God's going to do? In fact, it does say those that wait upon the Lord who wrap themselves around him, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Let me, let me break down that word. Shall renew their strength. Let's talk about renewal. Normally, we renew stuff when, when things have expired. Uh, talk about waiting. Just recently, uh, I'm in my 70s now. I had to, a few months ago, renew my driver's license, and since it had been automatically renewed for so long, or it's my age, I don't know why, they made me go in and take a test. So I hadn't done that for years. Last time I took a DMV test, I aced it. I didn't even, I didn't even really need to even study. Oh, I might get out the old paper manual and just review it so I can remember I got the color curbs right and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of did a little bit of that, not much. Went in there that morning. I have never flunked a test in my life. Look at me. I have an earned PhD. Uh, I graduated from college number one in my class. I was the, whatever, what word do they use for that? I don't know, the valedictorian? <laughs> you think I know the word for that? I don't know if you even do that in college. Number one, I, oh, I hate to say this, I took the test at the DMV, had to take it on a computer screen. Hadn't done that before either. That's how long it's been. So I'm answering, bam, it stopped because I had flunked. Oh man, I hate going to the DMV. I hate waiting in line. I hate all that. In fact, I went back and the gal said, well, you can take it again right now, but she says, but I recommend you not do that. I recommend you go home and, and study. I said, ah, so I blew that out. No, no, I'll take it again. So I, right on the spot, took it again, flunked again. And this time she said, you can take it one more time, but this time I'm telling you, so I did. I went home, make a long story short. Uh, I got the information. I had to go back and I had, I had to study. And so, man, I did it. 
Plunking that thing, by the way, did make me feel old. I don't know what, those tests used to be easy. What's happened? Have the tests gotten harder or have I just gotten older? My license had expired and it needed to be renewed. Maybe my old age had jumped in and I needed my youth to be renewed. You know, as long as you get old. Listen, tell the uh, celebrity Kevin Hart that. I cracked up because I read recently where he ended up in a wheelchair. So, well, what happened? He had simply tried to race an NFL running back on a 40-yard dash, and I don't know what he did. Pulled a muscle here and there, but he, he kind of laughed about it himself. But he ended up in a wheelchair for a little while because he realized, he said, Folks, the 40s are real. <laughs> Let me tell Kevin Hart something. So are the 70s. We need to be renewed. And sometimes waiting means you need to slow down a little bit to catch up with God. The great John Wooden, basketball coach, used to tell his team one of his great principles in winning was be quick, but don't hurry. Ooh, I love that. Should have remembered that when I took my DMV test. Be quick but don't hurry. I was trying to rush through that DMV test. I didn't take the time to study for that DMV test. Even once I didn't pass it, I didn't want to go home and study. Yeah, I can do it. I, I, I can pass that thing. I was rushing, rushing, rushing. And that is not biblical waiting. That, that is human rushing. And I did not renew anything. Nothing. Zero zip on Sometimes good things, you can't rush them. I come home sometimes and Marguerite has, I think it's called a crock pot, or it's at least some form of a slow cooker with a top on it. And ooh, it's smelling good. And I can't tell you how tempted I am to take the top off. And I know it's boiling, boiling hot, but if I would take a little bite, let it cool off, mmm, that would be good. Marguerite doesn't want me to do that because the moment I take the top off of a slow cooker, it sets everything back. And uh, you got to put it back on. Uh, it's going to take longer to get it ready for you now because you took the top off. I do that with God. I rush, rush into things. There's something called delayed satisfaction. My kids still tease me because when my children were being raised, one of the things I tried to drum into them was to pay now and play later. I said, most people in American culture, especially kids growing up, they want to play now. They don't want to study. They don't want to work hard. They want to play now. In fact, most people want to play now and play later. But people that don't, that don't pay the price now, to study, go to school, whatever, work hard, launch that company. Well, then you're you're going to pay the you know you're 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 going to have if you don't do that, you're going to pay the price later. But the people that pay the price now, that's really what 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 waiting means. And the and literally the Hebrew word for uh, for for renew means to change or to exchange. It's really an exchange, which is why I've called this message wrap and exchange. Because if we will wait upon the Lord or wrap ourselves around him, we will renew or exchange. Exchange. This is the greatest exchange ever. We can exchange our not enough for his more than enough. We can exchange our lack of strength for his abundant strength. No wonder the Bible says time and time again things like be strong, you know, be strong in the might of his power. Wait upon the Lord. In fact, a couple times, I may have a chance to read it today or I may not. David in the Psalms would often say, wait upon the Lord. I'll say it again, wait upon the Lord. 
you know, that has its implication. Don't just, because things aren't happening how you like them to happen right now, don't just rush off and try to make it happen. On the Also, don't just give up throwing the towel. I'm, if this house is going to be, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go sleep with her and sleep with her and whatever, and I'm going to go drink what I want to drink. And hang. That's always the wrong thing to do. You know what you've done? You are, you are playing now, and you're going to pay the price later. When I would advocate, do the right thing now, pay the price now, and God will reward you. Since I brought that up, the world has, and I've said this a lot, I'm going to say it again right now. The world and sin offer what I like to call diminishing returns. Some will call that the law of diminishing returns. In other words, everything good the world has to offer, whether it's drinking, doing drugs, sleeping with whoever you want to sleep with sexually, almost all the time, not almost, all the time, the best time is the early time. The best, you talk to any addict, the early days of getting high are the best days. Uh, the early days of partying are the best days. If you have an affair, the best days of the affair were the first few days when it was all new and fresh and exciting and naughty and it got, but then after a while, the returns are just diminishing. And you didn't wait for the Lord, did you? You did things your way and now you're suffering the consequences. On the other hand, I have found God to work by just the opposite. God works by increasing rewards. If I were to be brutally honest with you, sometimes doing the right thing, the rewards you get immediately doesn't seem like much. Man, I did the right thing, and look at them. They didn't do the right thing, and they're having a better time than I am. But if you hang in there long enough, if you wait upon the Lord, you'll exchange. Because God just keeps getting, and I know this is bad English right now, God just keeps getting gooder and gooder and better and better. So Isaiah 40, 31 is my favorite verse in the Bible because it says those that wait upon the Lord, don't rush, wrap yourself by serving him, wrap yourself around him, draw near to God through waiting and he will draw near to you. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew if you've run out of strength, out of passion, out of energy, whatever it is, shall renew or exchange if I wrap myself around God, all of a sudden now, I don't have to simply rely upon my own strength. I can rely upon his strength. Can you imagine a, a, a little plant that grows up around, let's say, an oak tree? Some form of like, like a, like kind of like an ivy kind of plant that wraps itself and its growth around that oak tree. It waits, if you will, upon that oak tree. Then when the storms of life hit, I mean, that even a hurricane could come through that would normally wipe out that little plant. But if it's wrapped itself around that mighty oak tree, then that plant has exchanged its lack of strength for the strength of that oak tree. That's why God exhorts us and says, man, I'm here for you. Just wrap yourself around me. Wait upon me. It talks about being strong. And by the way, we need strength. Those that wait upon the Lord, wrap themselves around him, shall renew or exchange for God's strength. Why do we need strength? Because life isn't always easy, period. Uh, the way of sin certainly ain't easy. And even being a Christian isn't easy. I, I don't know if I'll get to it today, but in Galatians, uh, Paul, I love that comment when Paul says, and don't grow weary in doing well. 
That's around Galatians 6, 9, something like that. Don't, do you, have you ever gotten tired just doing the right, right thing? Sometimes we find ourselves in a mess. We're weak, we're weary, we're worn because we didn't listen to God. Thankfully, God, by his grace, will still come and rescue us. Other times, maybe I'm the only one who, you haven't been out there messing up. You've been at least trying. None of us are perfect, but you've at least been trying to be the right kind of man, the right kind of woman, the right kind of person. You've been giving it your all, and you're just so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people can go through a midlife crisis. They've had a fairly decent life and a fairly decent marriage, but then they wonder what they've missed out on, and they're so tired of being the perfect wife, quote, as if anyone's really perfect. You know, the perfect husband, the perfect this. The per so, man, they're going to go out there now, and they're going to experiment. We need the strength of the Lord because, like I said a moment ago, if you go that route, there will be some immediate reward to it, but boom, after that, it's just going to get less and less good. Going out drinking, really fun at first, and then less good and less good and less good. But if you can hang in there with God, it's going to go from glory to glory. It's going to get better and better as you, as you go. There's an old saying that says, smooth sailing never made skilled sailors. So you need strength because life isn't easy. And sometimes the size of our fight determines the size of our future. Did you know that? If you're in a real battle right now and you feel like life is beating the snot out of you, or at least trying to, hang in there with God, because that may just be an indication that you have a tremendous future. And, 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 and there is strength even in the struggle. You will gain strength in the struggle if you do things God's way. It's a little bit like when people go out and they lift weights, this resistance training. And, and they that wrap and exchange, the Bible says, will end up renewing their strength. They're going to be strong. And then they'll mount up with wings as an eagle. I like that. Mount up. Eagles don't flap. They just mount. And when God begins to move into your life and you begin to just allow his spirit to lift you and elevation. See, I'm looking at someone right now and I feel like God wants me to tell you, get ready to rise. God's not gonna leave you on the same level any longer. Uh, sometimes, man, you have to rise above those things that have been bringing you down and God's gonna do that for you. Ooh, I like that. Let me say that again. You have to be able to rise above through the breath of God, if you wait upon him and exchange and renew your strength, you will mount up with wings like an eagle. Get ready to get above what's been getting you down. Then you'll be able to run without being weary and walk without fainting. You know, a lot of Isaiah chapter 40, by the way, just one quick thought before we're done here this morning, um, is that in this chapter, before he gets to, to that verse, he spends a long time reminding the people of, of who God is. Let me just give you a couple quick examples here. This is found in Isaiah 40. I'm going to jump here and there, but this is around verses 12 through what? Uh, quite a few verses. Isaiah says, Who's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? Who's weighed the mountains and the hills in a balance? Who's directed the spirit of the Lord or his counselor has taught him? You know, behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket. Think about that. 
Soviet Union or now Russia, United States, all these nations compared to God are just nothing. Bottom line, he just keeps saying, God is awesome. Is there anyone with me right now who still believes that God is great? God is phenomenal. And I, I, I miss singing songs like, Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. How about our God is an awesome God, he reigns from heaven on high, whatever it is on that. How about how great is our God, sing with me how great is our God. I want to remind you of that today. Isaiah spends a lot of chapter 40 doing exactly that. And why does he do that? Because he's trying to remind them God hasn't gone any place. God's not the one who has moved. He is here right now. If you'll wait upon him, he hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left you. He's right where he's always been. But because of your circumstances, you are just looking the wrong direction. That, that's why I think uh, worship and gathering with God's people is so critical to our spiritual health. Because there are some times in my life where I've been either just been outright messing up and need to get back, but more often than that, I've just maybe drifted a little bit. You know, the week's been kind of whatever, and I haven't been out particularly sinning, sinning, just kind of, you know, whatever, gotten busy, minds on other stuff, just kind of drifting, drifting, and drifting. And if I only go to church every, you know, every full moon or every once in a while, I can drift quite a ways. But if I keep plugged in with God's people on weekly or random together with my small groups, that worship helps shift my focus. It's like, it's like tuning in to God once again to realize what a great God he really is. David, in the book of Psalms, said this, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, now watch this, and he shall strengthen your heart. Whoa, so there's that connection again between waiting and strength. Wait upon the Lord and you'll be strong. Wait upon the Lord. Wait, I say, he says it again, Psalm 27, 14. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How about the very well-known Psalm 40, where David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. The Hebrew there is like, in waiting, I waited. <laughs> I waited patiently for the Lord. I didn't just jump off and react. I didn't just cuss someone out because they cussed me out. I wanted to, and I don't grow weary in doing that. Isn't it funny we can grow weary in doing good, but not grow weary in being nasty? But David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now watch this. And he inclined to me. The Hebrew there means exactly that. He kind of leaned that direction. Can you imagine if all of a sudden God leans towards you and is paying attention? I will never forget when years ago, B.B. Uh, Winans introduced Margarita and me to Michael Jordan, who was at that time the only human being left that I had not met in person that I wanted to meet in person. That's right, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever. We were at this gathering in a, with a small group of people, and so B.B. says, hey, do you want to meet Michael? I go, well, of course. So he, he looked over and said, hey, Michael. And Michael turned around. I thought, hey, you don't do that. You should walk us up to Michael Jordan and see if he has the time to say hi to us. B.B. just went, yo, Michael. And so Mike, watch, Michael turned, looked at B.B., and uh, when B.B. said, come over here, Michael Jordan 
did that, kind of leaned and then walked over, and we got to meet in person and spend a few moments talking to Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's Michael Jordan. What David says, if you wait for the Lord, hey, God, boom, he will incline to you and hear your cry. I'm, I'm out of time right now, but David goes on to say, he will lift you out of your destruction. He'll set your feet upon a rock. God is going to do it. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and I close with these words. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. These days require strength. I challenge you, wait upon the Lord. Wrap yourself around him. If you do, you'll find yourself exchanging or renewing Maybe you've expired on energy. You don't have any energy left. It's like my license, driver's license, it expired. If you do that, you will renew or exchange your lack for his abundance. And then you can mount up with wings as an eagle, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. I believe for you that that best is yet to come.